Welcome back to Archives for Aliens, the podcast recorded for future life on Earth. Planet Earth. Consciousness. Creativity. The nature of reality. Cool people making things and life outside the box. This week's guest, we have Nana Aylin, who's a shadow singer, artist, intuitive reader, otherworldian traveler, magician, herbal acolyte, and cemetery walker. Hailing from the depths of the underworld, Mana often finds themselves connecting with wolfish creatures of this plane and others, baneful plants, and those who live in constant liminality. Sounds like the perfect guest. Mana also hosts The Real Witches of the End Times, a podcast where magic and paranormal folk share their stories for an audience of not just witches, living people, or humans. I'll say I really enjoy listening to this podcast as someone who doesn't quite always know all the language around these occult topics. I find that the guests that Mana has on the show are able to really explain things in terms of how how anyone could understand. So you'll learn more about the podcast in this conversation. And if you don't already listen to it, I'd recommend that you check it out. I find that there's like a triangle where there's like spirituality, occult and paranormal. And a lot of people tend to hang out in one aspect of that triangle. And then there's Hmm. some people uh, that are interested in like the whole thing. And that's kind of where I fall. Like I didn't even realize that people weren't interested in all of it until I met people who were very niched in. Um, Like there's some occult people who are very into it and have like no interest in ghosts in which to me, like that seems like ludicrous. Like how could you not have an interest in ghosts and be interested in other things? But that's just how some people are. Yeah, no, I love it. I'm, I'm interested in all of those things and also other things. I science. I don't know. I just, I like all things. I like all systems of things. So I think it's great. I'm going to start our interview by pulling a random image card that's going to guide our night. And I have your card. So when you see it, just go ahead and start describing what you see and any associations that come up with the image. Okay. That looks like a gun to me immediately. (laughs) Uh, It reminds me of a gun and uh, Anubis's head from a profile. Those Mm. are very different things, but that's um, what it's making me think of. It's like a protective card. Um, I mean, that does reflect like how I've been thinking lately too. Just um, black dogs have been like an important thing. So of course I'm now seeing that. (laughs) Interesting. How do you think this relates to something that you'd like to share with the world tonight? Um, You know, I'm just really interested in, I mean, you even mentioned mythology a moment ago. And there's a lot of mythology around animals specifically. And I just have personally a lot of, I guess, for lack of a better term, like synchronicities with like dark colored animals and black feathers and things like that in general. So, I mean, even in uh, crystals, like I don't have a huge interest in an array of them. I tend to like really collect like the dark stones, like tourmaline, 
Smoky Quartz, Subsidian, Tektite, Numai. Those are like what I'm drawn to. And I'm not quite sure why this is the thing, but I mean, I don't really wear black constantly or things like that either. It's just something about um, the color when it comes to mythology, stones in general that I just, I like, I like that for some reason. <laughs> That's super interesting. I I've been noticing how people are drawn to different kinds of synchronicities. And I think that's really interesting that, so it sounds like yours is like a lot about color. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, I have so many more questions to ask you about your spirit portraits, which I think Mm -hmm. are beautiful. So beautiful and amazing (laughs) by the way. Uh, But before we get into that, um, I have a get to know you question. Okay. And that is, what do you believe about the nature of reality? I mean, it's so much weirder than I possibly could even describe right now. Like I, I, I mean, the more I talk to people who are interested in the strangeness in general, I just realize how diverse people's thoughts are even within a community of people that's already really niche. Um, which again is like that triangle, like the paranormal, the spiritual, and the occult. You can talk to someone who is extremely skeptical, who's a paranormal investigator, and, and they will still agree that like reality is so weird. Um, so for me, it's like the more I learn, the less I know. And I mean, two years ago, if you asked me the nature of reality, I could have probably simply answered it as like, oh, it's something that you know, reflects my inner world and everything like that directly back to me, which like, I still agree is true, but I just think there's something else to it. Um, or so much more to that even. And there's like a classic Carl Sagan video. Um, it's like from the, I don't know, the late eighties, it's, it's super old, but he demonstrates how you can have a circle, like a flat shape in like this 2d dimensional circle on a table And then you could have a sphere, which is a 3D shape. And even if the sphere tried to make itself exist in the 2D dimension, all that the shapes in the 2D dimension, that flat circle would see, it's just a flat stamp of the expanse that actually exists in another dimension. And so I think we get a lot of information or experiences that way. Like I, again, I'm thinking about like what we perceive as spirits or uh, interdimensional beings in general, or like Faye or our guides or things like that. It's like this tiny little stamp that comes to us in a way that we could perceive in this world. And part of it is like infuriating because we are like, so extra dimensional in, in terms of like who we are at a conscious level that it feels frustrating. It's like, Oh, we, we should know what this is. And there's something that resonates about it, but like what we can actually understand is so much more limited than that. Yeah. I, I, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think acknowledging like how much we don't know is like a key part of it for a lot of people. It's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a tough one. Your answer always rem- also reminds me of, have you read this book called Flatland? No, but I think that's what they, Carl Sagan called the 2D shape land, like Flatland or something. Probably is. Flatland is like this super old book about this whole analogy of like a line 
or like an ant living in the... Uh, I'm not going to describe this right. It's about a 2D world trying to perceive the 3D world and like the 1D world trying to perceive the 2D world. Wow. But it was written forever ago. I'll find out. I'll put the link to that in the show notes <laughs> and everyone can go find out how inaccurate I am. But it's a really cool book. <laughs> that's pretty much what I was saying too. Yeah, that's yeah. a good example. Yeah. Interesting. And so I think one, maybe we should start with the spirit portraits because I think that's like such a cool, unique thing that you do. And I've never, I've never seen anyone do anything like that. Yeah. I still haven't found anyone either. Um, (laughs) It started off as like a compulsion when I was younger, like Hmm. four and a half years ago now, I think. And it was something that when I was in college, I would just have like these feelings, like I should just draw the people around me and it would become something. um, And I don't normally have like compulsive behaviors. Like, I I mean that like genuinely when I say it It was like a compulsion, it was like, I couldn't not do it. And if it, and as soon as I did, I would feel some type of release. And so I would like draw my professors or people around me in class. Or even when I was in Japan, I was just drawing other people sitting in the living room with me at a hostel and it started off as like orbs. So a lot of my early ones were really sketchy, like, like with like sketches, like with pencils and um, pretty much anything that I had. And what I was drawing was essentially like a person itself and then beings or energies or something that I felt around them. And I'm very visual. And so a lot of what I experience reminds me of visual things in my head So like the sounds of people's voices have shapes to me. So there's some people that have really angular, sharp voices, some people that have really round sounds. Um, There's something to like just the fluidity of shape that's important to me too. And um, when when I first did this, I actually was really lucky to meet someone at the time who... um, well, I, I ended up on his podcast um, and I had no idea what I was doing. And I put essentially a call out at the end of like, Hey, like, I don't know what's going on. I have these weird sketches and he posted one and I had some people reach out to me that not because they understood what I was doing, but because they were actually interested in having pictures of themselves done. And so that kind of started this snowballing of a situation where I've ended up um, having people pretty much constantly for over the past, like almost five years now come to me for these portraits um, out of like genuine curiosity. I've uh, I've gone from like at that time, I didn't even read tarot cards at all. So Mm -hmm. people, I would just do a session on the phone and just talk to people and sketch out something while I was on the phone about just what I felt. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing either. And I, I've learned a lot since then about like my own energy and like how to like protect myself too in those situations. Um, and so the first ones I ever did were full-size watercolor paintings. Like they were bigger than eight by 10 sheet of paper. And I did them like that for a couple of years and then uh, kind of on and off too. So there would be months at a time where I wouldn't do anything. And then like a couple month period where I do a few of them. And I've moved a lot. The, my art style has changed a lot. Um, right now, I've actually transitioned to digital art. So I use I use my tablet and I draw digitally, which I did pretty much since the beginning of COVID. And um, the arts just changed. Like 
I feel like I'm a lot more capable with the digital art of expressing visually what I see uh, in an easier way than I was with the watercolor. Um, just the way that I see everything has changed. And I focus a lot more now on the the person as opposed to all of the beings that are around them. Hmm. And um, I have a wait list going right now because they just take so much time. But um, I do like a, I sit with someone for about like 30 minutes on a call and just get to know them a little bit, tell them what I see, pull some cards, and then kind of sketch out an idea and get some notes. And I'm currently also trying to make these essentially like sigils for people, for their own personal power. Oh, is that some of the symbolism that's already in there? Because I was on your website and I was wondering what those symbols were. Yeah, there are some symbols that are like planetary. So those are like not things I made up. But there are a couple of them that uh, I, I'm like, I'm playing with the idea, like, do I want to have uh, like literal sig- sigils that are really visible? And some of my paintings do have those. And then there are some that they're like embedded within the layers of the paintings. Or if I just try to make the whole thing something because of the whole picture because a lot of people with these digital ones are getting them printed out um, and hanging them around their house or things. And then obviously I post a lot of them online and that's a lot of attention that gets put on that. And so Mm -hmm. I always thought it would be cool to work with people to, if they had specific intentions that they wanted in the painting as well. And also like if people are staring at it for it to like, kind of, you know, in a way, a little bit of glamour magic of like charging themselves up and and, in a, like a positive, like, not like they're taking energy from anybody, but just um, making them feel good and energized and like that. And I figured that that would be um, a purpose for it as well, because I don't um, like sell prints or anything. I feel like it's really creepy and weird if I like sold prints, literally of people's like astro nudes in a way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so astro nudes, that's like, like a wonderful term. <laughs> yeah. I'm very um, respectful of you, I think. <laughs> yeah, it just it felt so weird because they're really personal. Um, it's really fun, especially when I do paintings for people that I know really well already, because there's people that like uh eventually I'm gonna do one for my roommate. She wants one, and I've been around her so much that there's just so much more I can invest in it too at the same time. Um, because people are like just there's just seasons and colors and songs, shapes, all of that that different people that I interact with just remind me of even plants sometimes will show up. And that's just what I express through the paintings. Like I have personally no interest of like drawing physically what someone looks like, because that's just not my cup of tea in terms of um, what I personally like to do. But ironically, it's what I love about other people's art. Like my favorite art to follow on Instagram is like actually like really intense and intricate line work, which is the exact opposite of what I do. That's so funny. That's my art's pretty abstract. And I also do find myself following like um, hyper realism, things like that. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Is all your art behind you? Is that something you've done? Yeah. I love it's it. It's my little forest right now. It reminds me of cacti, some of them. Yeah, I'm in like desert vibes and underwater vibes mixed. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. And I'm also a very visual person, so I like I 100% know what you're saying, and it's really interesting to hear somebody say that. 
I feel like I experience a lot of that, not so much with people, but sometimes with like objects or spaces, Mm. which is interesting to hear that you're getting that information from people. That's cool though. Well, that connection with space, um, do you mean like, do you get that with like rooms in your house specifically? Not rooms in my house, but like a house for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could easily be connected with um, like picking up on the energy imprints in a home too. Like there's some houses that like I'll see and I'll be like, I just don't want to go in there. I can't mm-hmm. tell you why, but I just don't. Or some that um, feel really good. Like for some reason, this room I'm in, um, in my house is like my favorite room, but it's the most like unrenovated one. And it's like the coldest one, but I really enjoy being in here for some reason. I can't really explain why. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting how we all like pick up on these different signals. Mm -hmm. So like when you're drawing these, are you like exclusively getting different visual images or do you ever hear things or smell things or like have any other sensory experiences? Yeah, I I would say I get a mixture of all of that. And there's a level of automatic drawing too, that is 100% a part of it because I am mostly a self-taught artist. So pretty much every portrait I do, I'm actually like also learning something from at the same time. And, um, there's times when I'll like make a mistake digitally and it will just look so right on the, um, like an effect or something over the painting that it like pulls something through that I didn't know was there. And then, um, it will, that will be like something specific that when I email a client later with their finished file that actually will really jump out to them. And there's times too, and this is part of the reason why sometimes they take me so long where I will start I'll have like a cue that I'm working on. And then as I'm working on one for somebody, there's something about what they're going through or their experience that changes. And then the portrait doesn't feel right to me anymore. And I have to start over. Um, And I don't, and it's not like, I'm never like upset about that. It's just like part of the artistic process. But sometimes people just, you know, they're going about their lives after they meet with me and then something happens and I have to like fully change something and add something specific. And that was something that happened recently. And then I added this whole new detail in on this person's spine. And that ended up being the most significant part of it for them. When they like emailed me back, they're like, holy shit, like this is exactly how I feel. And I was like, well, I'm glad because I <laughs> added that. I had to like read you so much uh, to do it. So that's crazy. And so do how do you think that like your art has influenced your spirituality? I think that there, for me, at least visually, um, or this is something I've even been exploring with music, what I listen to. Cause I'm, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself like a musician, but I'm just very, uh, sound inclined as well. Like if we're going to talk about like the Claire's, I'm also a great Claire audience. So I just hear things and I'm always listening to music. Like it's really hard for me to, to not like I, even when like I go roller skating, I'll have like a speaker with like classical music on because I think that there's something about uh, the creative process and anyone who does art makes music or records will understand this, but sometimes it's not even specifically like 
what you've laid out that you're going to do, but it's what you accomplished during it or how you felt or like what you literally put into that. So I think that there's even certain recordings of the same song that are available online for an artist or like a musician or something. And there'll just be certain ones that I like better, even if they um, structurally sound worse, like whatever the standards are. Like maybe there's more like uh, more being off pitch or something like that. But there's something about those sometimes that I can just feel there's something literally in the recording that I can tap into like a tiny little time capsule. There's like some like emotional connection in there. And uh, I feel like that's just with all sorts of different types of art or creation in general, like obviously even spanning beyond what we would traditionally think of as art. I think someone who builds a car, fixes a car is also, they're literally putting something into it. Yeah. Like the process of it and all the different Mm -hmm. steps. And like, I know like with paintings, I really enjoy sometimes when people leave like something that could be a mistake but they, mm-hmm. you know, create it into something that becomes something else. It's like that mark mm-hmm. in time. That's, yeah, in some ways, I feel like it defines being human. That process. Yeah. Do you ever think about your, your spiritual work as being an art? Yeah. I mean, I think I could think about it that way. A lot of it's all really connected for me. So, I mean, I even think of podcasts as art. Maybe this is something that you can connect to as well. Like editing is like a craft Mm -hmm. as well. Like there's like a level of, of skill that you learn how to do because you want to create something like that's podcasting is like a really a lot about creation too. And it's also like divination. I find like the people that I talk to Mm. often like happen at like the right at the right time. And when I look at everything that I do in general in this like world of like spirituality, I guess it's like, whether if if I'm doing readings or I'm doing these paintings, podcasting, just talking with people, even researching, um, or just, you know, doing any type of like promotional work or trying to like work at some different conferences or things like that. It all ends up being kind of this nexus. that's all interconnected, which in a way is like this tapestry of what I do. Like it's really hard for me to explain to people in like one sentence. Like if I have someone who doesn't know me from this world, um, ask like what my job is. It's like, I never really know how to answer because Mm. it's so interconnected to a bunch of different titles, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can totally see how they all interrelate and, like, play off one another, which is super cool. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure each each one of, each of the things that you do probably influences the other and gives the other a deeper meaning. Yeah, there's a, a witch on Instagram on the accounts called Archaic Honey, and um, her name's Britton or their name's Britain. And they posted something the other day that I just really connected with how you should, well, maybe not should, but like it's good to read books or do things that are not literally about what, like the subject you are 
interested in is like, what things can you do instead to just inform your own craft or your own practice or things like that, that aren't always just telling you how to do something, but giving you some extra information that you can then take from and weave in yourself. Ooh. Yeah. I I love that. Yeah. It's like giving you a new lens to view what you do from. That's, that is a great Mm -hmm. tip. Yeah. I mean, I read, I just finished today. I finished the art of war, which is written like 2000 years ago. And it's not about, you know, magic or being a magician, but I just see so much of that in that book that I could pull from it. Um, it's not even like about fighting. It's like, well, it is, but like you can take so much more from it than just the literal words on the page. There's so much about, um, being in conflict with other people's how to avoid, those situations, how to interact with others. You know, there's even like this thing called nine types of ground. But Hmm. as I was reading about like, you know, deserters land, um, no man's land, the crossroads, all those things. It's like, oh, I can even think of these as interactions that I have with people. I can, I can even identify what types of ground, quote unquote, these would be. So that's, I guess, an example of taking something that's not literally about spirituality, but finding a way to weave it into your own life. Yeah. So it's it's like taking something random and like taking the metaphor of that and then translating it into what you do. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I think that's why I call myself primarily an artist because for me, I feel like being an artist is just like taking all those metaphors and making something like transmitting one story into another story. <laughs> Do you connect it with channeling at all in your own work? Uh, well, I don't have a lot of plans when I make my paintings, so they got to be coming from somewhere, and I don't really feel like I make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that would be considered channeling. I think it could be. It, yeah, it definitely could be. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, at least for me, even if I'm doing something artistic, that's not even a spirit portrait, it's just something else, or I'll have like random ideas. Like I can tell a story of like this, I drew an angel back in November. It was like on Thanksgiving of all days. And well, the night before I was putting clothes away in my closet, you know, just laundry, typical, normal thing, not particularly spiritual. And I just felt like there was something in my house with me and I turned around and I didn't see anything, but this is just one of those strange experiences where I could totally easily invalidate it. But I just kind of chose in the moment to let whatever I felt like was happening happen. And there was just this huge being that I felt was in the room that I felt like was an angel and not particularly like in the like glowy uh, golden light sense. It was just this giant being that was really overwhelming. And I was like, I guess I'm going to decide this is an angel. You yeah. know? Or I just feel like it is. I don't know for sure, but I'm just going to let that happen and see how this goes. And all that they said was draw me. And then they left. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I then um, got in my bed and spent like hours just drawing this really creepy (laughs) looking, um, winged multi-eyed, uh, thing. And I ended up spending mostly the next day finishing it. 
And my intention was, I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of this archetype of an angel from Welcome to Night Vale. I don't know if you've ever heard of that podcast. No. It's a fictional podcast. So it's like a fake. Uh, it's not like, it's not like a, it's not real in the sense it's not like you and I are talking, but the, you know, I, I, the word real is difficult. So I don't mean that it's like invalid, but it's like someone's creation that they've cultivated. So it sounds like there's a, it's a horror anthology and it's like someone's in a radio booth reporting about their town, but the actual town in our own, like actual world understanding is absurd as all anything. It's like really horrible, creepy and all this stuff, but there's something really whimsical about it at the same time. And there's like this one sub story that Cecil Baldwin, who's the um, fictional host follows where it's like Erica, like the angels, uh, they're all the angels are named Erica with a K and there's some angels that just stand outside the Ralph's and people don't know Ralph's is a grocery store chain in California. Mm -hmm. So and I grew up in California, so I always thought that was really funny. And I just felt like, oh, like I'll just put that this is the angel uh, that stands guard outside the Ralphs. And then I specifically put, for some reason, because I knew of a comedy bit that I'd seen on YouTube about someone who um, had like something weird happen to them at the 24-hour Ralphs on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And so I just like weave this all together. I was like, this is Erica who stands guard outside the Ralphs, Angel in front of the Ralphs, uh, which is, you know, the 24 hour rock and roll Ralphs and Sunset Boulevard in LA. Um, just really absurd. I thought it was funny. I was laughing in my own head. I make a lot of jokes up that only I think are funny. And I put that as a caption. And I actually had one of my friends message me not long after I'd posted it. And she had had a dream that night before of an angel um, in LA that like was super tall and huge and winged and was very similar to like what I'd painted with the same geographic location that she had known. Um, and then her and I were really connected. And so it was like, she'd had this experience that she felt like she couldn't draw and express at the time. And then I got this ping to then do that. That's crazy. I'm definitely, I'm a huge yeah. believer in like the collective consciousness which I actually mm -hmm. only recently learned is kind of a form of telepathy or could be thought okay, of yeah, like that. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Huh. You know what I also really like about that story? It's This has been something I've been trying to explain to someone in my life for a while now. This idea of like choosing to believe where it's like you have this mm -hmm. moment and you could you could just ignore this intuition or this sensation or whatever um passed off as nothing or you could just like dive full into it and just go with it just for the fun of it and see where it takes you i think that's yeah. a great example of that yeah it's really easy to like talk yourself out of believing things and i think you know there's there's a level of healthy skepticism like i know this would probably surprise a lot of people who've heard my podcast but i'm actually a really really skeptical person and i went through um I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago now, just like a very nothing is real that I can't see couple of years. Uh, most of that was actually just like a trauma response to being um, kind of shot down for being interested in like tarot and astrology as like a preteen. Mm. Um, and so I just went the other direction completely. And I had started to just to have enough really weird experiences that 
even the very like rational and logical part of me couldn't deny it anymore because to deny what I'd been experiencing would then be illogical and irrational, which uh, is something that I wish a lot of people would understand. Like there's a level of experience of weird that if people want to argue, it's not rational to believe that there comes a point again, where it would be irrational not to consider something strange is happening. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like come to a conclusion. And that's something that I'm like, that's where I feel comfortable now. Like I can explore all these ideas and believe that they're happening. And I don't have to decide that I know for sure what any of it is, but still be really open and curious. Like I'm really interested in all sorts of like interdimensional relationships with beings, um, idea of collective consciousness, telepathy, all of those things. And I'm really open to it. I just haven't decided what it is yet. And that's, um, where I think I'll probably be most of my life. And uh, it's actually pretty cool to not back yourself into a corner. And cause I, I mean, I find I've been changing so much, even in the past couple of months, the amount of growth that I've had for myself is a lot. Like I am working through a lot of practice development of kind of shedding beliefs that I, maybe I've gathered that aren't really my own. And then looking at things from like a fresh lens or even try not to categorize everything so much, even though we love to do that as humans, that's just like part of our, our psyche, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun to not decide what things are because then you don't really get particularly defensive either. And it's just healthier. Yeah. And I think it's so much easier to connect with other people too, who have varying opinions and it just keeps you, I think in that like learner mindset. And I know mm -hmm. that's why like, I've learned so much from your podcast because I can tell that you're showing up every time, like every scenario, whatever it is, you're like evaluating it instead of just believing something straight from the start, which is, I hear that a lot on a lot of, um, I guess, paranormal. People talking about the paranormal sometimes come across as this is just an obvious thing that obviously happened or I believed instead of explaining like the full how they got there and like having mm -hmm. that little bit of openness of well also maybe not which for some reason I just find that a lot easier to to listen to and learn from so I appreciate it that's part of that's like why I enjoy doing the podcast. Like it really started off as just a project for myself at the beginning of COVID. Cause I lost my job and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to do something else <laughs> temporarily until I figure something else out, which ended up just becoming this <laughs> for a bigger expansion of what I was originally doing. But I just wanted to talk to people and I started, started off with just talking to mostly my friends and then it started to expand. And now, um, I'm really surprised about a lot of just like how much it's like flowed for me. And again, it's been pretty much steered by what I'm interested in. So there's definitely a selfish aspect of like, it's so easy to like reach out to people that I've always wanted to talk to and never been able to, because it's been like some random person before, but now I'm like, Hey, I want you to be on my podcast. Here's my portfolio of professionalism that I'm not uh, a maniac, you know? <laughs> um, so that's been just a really fun thing. And I've met some really awesome people through it. 
um, and been interviewed on like other people's awesome podcasts, such as yourself. And I'm really grateful for that entire experience because my goal is to talk to people who have all sorts of different Mm -hmm. opinions. Like I find even in when I do readings for other people that I kind of become like a personal Rolodex, like I'll have just like this whole address book of like different practices or places to go, resources, things I've read, books that I know about that I've collected, largely because of what this entire process of artistic creation uh, podcast wise has become. And it's something that I can't really explain why it just has worked out the way it has. But for me, it's definitely been like a a flow thing and it has bothered me with um, some other podcasts. I mean, there's a lot of awesome podcasts that are really open to all sorts of different things, but there are definitely some that I find like really tailored to one specific niche, which is great if that's like what people want to do and that's what people are looking for. But um, I mean, my podcast name is kind of funny now because I originally was going to be in the first episode I did, it was going to be like, me talking to witches specifically about like how to adjust your craft or um, do things like with minimal resources, kind of like a, almost like a rewilding of magic in like an extremely capitalistic and materialistic world. And also I thought the world was going to end at that time because it was March of 2020 and everything was like bananas. So (laughs) it still is, but we're just used to it. Um. But then basically by the second episode, I already wasn't talking to a witch. (laughs) (laughs) And it just has been since then, like anyone, like I've had skeptics on for some reason, a large amount of comedians. I don't really know how that happened, but that's true. Um, People with other podcasts, um, paranormal investigators, researchers, Reiki practitioners, um, authors, people who've been on a part of like just larger projects specifically like psychics who've been doing work for like 50 years. It's just like a whole different, um, I just talked to so many different people and I'm so lucky that I get exposed to so many different ideas because that's how I've been able, I think to stay so open-minded because people are so genuine with what they believe and they believe things for mm-hmm. a reason. And oftentimes there's a very similar undercurrent to what people are talking about. And I think people would benefit so much more if they would consider other people's ideas because we can really pigeon ourselves, pigeonhole ourselves into thinking, well, this means this and that means this. Um, but then someone else has done the exact same thing, just in a different community. Like you'll see that like with cryptids, as an example, like some people who are really into like cryptozoology will just be like Bigfoot. I've decided that it's a tangible physical being like an animal that we just haven't like caught yet. And then some people look at it more as like an interdimensional, intangible, um, portal jump in energy cluster. Um, and something they won't talk to each other sometimes and they won't share their information. And that's such like a disservice to like, I think exploring the whole idea. And I'm not talking shit on either of those schools of thought. I just like, uh, it's so much cooler when you can like cross-reference things. And that's again, why I mentioned it's cool to read things that aren't specifically about literally what you're trying to learn about. You can read about things or do other research or experiences that inform what you're doing at the same time. Yeah, I agree. And I think especially with the internet and social media, I think it's become even easier for people to get like narrowed into that little bubble or box. Like you have to actively mm-hmm. work so hard to get out of it. 
Yeah. Even I'm thinking, I have this ongoing thing with my Spotify. It's like, no, I want some <laughs> new music. Don't you know me by now? I do not like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to like, I'm always on radio stations for specific songs that are like all over the place. And that's how I find a lot of my, my random music yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah, for information... Um, and keeping your worldview open, I think that's really important. It's definitely one of my goals for this show. Um, aside from also talking mm-hmm. to really cool people. Definitely started it for that reason, cool. too. <laughs> <laughs> and to learn. Yeah. And to keep the art of conversation alive. Definitely, yeah. I think um, it's been really comforting for like a lot of this the pandemic time, I've really listened to a lot of podcasts because it's like there's other people in the room with me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, especially, it, it just, it helps me, I think, be able to be more grounded in my my own beliefs, knowing that there are other people out mm-hmm. there believing not maybe similar similar things, not the same. Just like, we're all here. Maybe not here, here, but we're out there. Yeah. So you mentioned something about going through a skepticism phase. Um, and is this because you mm-hmm. were, were you like bullied when you were younger? For have- um, well, there's a lot of reasons that I went through that. So I, I wasn't necessarily bullied, but I was very much aware that I mm-hmm. was an outsider when I was um, in school. So I grew up in a really rural area. Uh, I I would consider it the country, except it was the woods. So, you know, there was like farmlands and things like that, but it was uh, much more like covered in trees and everything. So I didn't have like neighborhood uh, kids or people that I could play with. And for the first uh, basically 10 years of my life, I was also an only child. And I just, you know, I had imaginary friend for a very long time that kind of went into my, um, like preteens time, which is kind of, you know, if you talk to, uh, other people and you're 12 years old and you have an imaginary friend still, it's like, not cool. (laughs) Uh, it gets to be like, uh, an age threshold there where things start to get a little bit weirder and like not okay for you to do anymore. And I had friends like my whole childhood. I was, you know, I always had people that were really supportive of me, but it was kind of like us and then everyone else. So, um, I, I used to play sports and there was just a very clear difference between, um, me and like my close friend or friends at the time and everyone else in the team. And it would, you know, I could think of a specific instance one time where, um, someone like, well, I think it was in high school where, uh, I was playing basketball and someone was like, Oh, like I'm going to like leave a creepy note in someone's locker, like for like one of their friends. Um, and they're like, Oh, like you should just ask, uh, mana, mana or this other person because they're really good at writing creepy things and i genuinely thought it was a compliment i was like yeah i am really good at (laughs) writing weird (laughs) creepy stories um and then like i was like yeah sure i'll do it like yeah why not and then it took me like 10 seconds and i was like oh that was not a compliment what they just said um and they were definitely making fun of me and i am not gonna write this thing because they were like making a joke um 
And so I had a lot of like just situations like that um, where I just knew I wasn't part of a larger collective group. And so um, even though, again, I did have friends, but just like the greater population of people my age as a whole, like I just very much felt very isolated from. And even in my own friend group, it was like, I, I became like very depressed as a teenager. And so um, I just, but I hid a lot of that though, uh, from anyone that was around me um, because I just, you know, I was just very to myself and I processed a lot of things just internally in my head and just, you know, very angsty, mm-hmm. and, you know, it would leak out. Cause you know, you're like 15, you can't like not, you just ooze angst. Yeah. I oozed a lot. <laughs> it was, it was an explosion. It wasn't even, yeah. ooze. <laughs> I was very crabby. <laughs> Yeah, I was um like not quite like a punk rock teenager, but I uh, like pop punk teenager and you know, I didn't quite fit in with the art kids, but I wasn't quite part of the band kids or the drama kids either. I was just <laughs> my own thing, I guess. Um but what happened is like I had a really big interest in like astrology and horoscopes specifically because back in the like in the 2000s or whatever. That's really all you could find online easily. Was just like, oh, like Virgo is this or Capricorn is that, um, and they just be like little articles or always like the same astrology website. And I'd have like one, uh, one or two friends that would come over and we would just like read those because they were fun. Um, and I remember one time one was like, oh, like I'll get you tarot cards, like real ones, not just like the digital button push ones, like for your birthday. And I was really excited about that and. Um, then she told me a little bit later that um, she couldn't get them for me because her mom said that they were like, you know, like devil cards, essentially. And she didn't mean it like in a mean way. Um, that person and I were like great friends still after that. It wasn't like, but mm-hmm. I, I internalized it um, as like a reflection of myself as like being bad. And like, I have all these interests that I shouldn't have and things that aren't real. And I also got really invested in like, um, fictional books. Like I was really into Percy Jackson and, you know, Harry Potter and all of those things, because a lot of what those characters did, I related to like literally in my life. Um, not just like an archetypally, like literally interacting with like weird beings and things or spirits, or I didn't know any of that at the time that that's what it was, but there was like a visceral relationship that I had, not even just with the characters, but uh, the worlds that those books took place in. And um, I just developed a lot of self-loathing specifically around it. So I ended up in like the self-hate spiral that I couldn't fully identify and then just decided to shut it all off. Um, I also started having a lot more of weird intuitive experiences, but I didn't have a framework for any of that at the time because it was all still like, you know, talked about as being not real or magic isn't real or whatever. Um, so I also thought that I was literally having like a mental Mm. breakdown. Um, I thought that I had schizophrenia, like seriously, like whatever, my understanding of what schizophrenia was when I was like 16 and 17, obviously it's very different now, but yeah. what I was able to find on the internet is like, oh, hearing voices. Oh God. You know, <laughs> like all, all that type of stuff. Um, and I didn't want to tell anybody cause I was scared of what that meant. If I was like diagnosed with it, I didn't know like anything about mental health at the time. Um, and yeah, it just became not great. Um, eventually I ended up switching high schools to like a very small, high school that, um, focused a lot on like individual learning. And 
thus ensued probably about a year and a half of me just kind of being on my own. And I had a couple of close friends, but most of it was whatever I wanted to do, like a self-vested interest thing. Um, even like the work that I did, like I was like a nanny, uh, was very like solitary, you know, I'm taking care of some kids, Mm -hmm. but it's like just me. Um, and I ended up going to a psychic fair in my hometown. Um, I'd never been to something like that. I don't remember how I found it, um, why I went or anything. I really don't know. Um, but I showed up and the first person that I like sat down with for a mini reading, they looked at me and again, I've never had a reading at this point. I've never literally been around people that talk openly about that type of stuff. Um, at that point. And she just looks at me, I think she says a couple of sentences or something, but then she just kind of like starts tearing up. And then she told me that I'm an alien. Um, (laughs) like just outright, like you're like an alien. And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to do with this. This has never happened before. And I'm, you know, like 17, my head's back. I'm like, is this just what all these readings are like? Did people just talk to each other? (laughs) I was like, what the heck? Um, but it resonated though. That was like the weird thing. Uh, but I had, you know, I never thought of anything like that. And that sounded wild. Um, but I ended up eventually um, going back and getting like a full session done with her later on. So that was like my first ever like full psychic reading. And it was just so s- significant. And she ended up becoming like a mentor for me for a little while. And that's when it just kind of all blasted open. Um, and a whole bunch of stuff just started happening in my life since then. It's just been like one cataclysmic awakening experience over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it's been a lot, but that's kind of how I went through that. Um, like very nihilistic slash atheistic slash, um, unhealthy relationship with reality phase. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, it's just so important to share these kinds of stories with people. Um, I know I've had some friends who've gone through similar awakenings to their intuition or things like that. And, uh, you know, at the time, like they did think that they just had a mental illness. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's something that really terrifies me for our mm-hmm. society and like for children that are, could be going through this right now, or younger people. Or even older people. Yeah. Just not have not knowing, not having that one person to sit there and listen to this thing that maybe doesn't make sense to them, but it makes sense to you. And it doesn't mean that you're crazy or that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that's really helped me, surprisingly, uh, when I kind of battle with that question still, because I, I pretty much still wake up every day. And I'll have like a weird visceral dream experience. Like I keep having dreams about Henry Cavill, who's like an actor for some reason. I'm like, I don't, and they're not like weird dreams. They're like, we're just hanging out, you know, just stuff like that. I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> um, but I still wake up sometimes and I'm like, am I, am I mentally ill? And then I really think about it and I'm like, you know, like I am mentally ill. Like I have extreme anxiety and I do deal with depression. So I don't like, it's like, I stopped even like fully resisting that I, that fear because there, it is like a true thing. Um, but for so long for me, it was like, I wanted nothing to do with any of that. Like, I don't think I'm schizophrenic, but, Mm -hmm. um, I'd also don't know 
like what level of, I mean, obviously I'm not a mental health professional. I don't know enough about any of this to like make any full statements here, but um, I, I wonder oftentimes that there's aspects of, of that, that even if it is like obviously detrimental to people to like operate in this physical reality, I just want like, what are they experiencing, you know, mentally, uh, yeah. internally um, that maybe isn't uh, not as not true as we express that to be, you know? I think about that all the time, actually. I I always wonder. Um, sometimes I think about it just to quote. Yeah, also, I've, I have no idea. Definitely not <laughs> not any kind of professional on this topic. But I do wonder if in some cases it's like somehow their nervous system is just like set on a different frequency and maybe they're picking up what's actually here, but we just aren't experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what if there's a whole nother reality, like, on top of our reality of people in that other reality? And some of yeah. them are crossing over into our reality? hmm Just, just a thought. I've met, I mean, through as much of this work and uh, that I have and different communities that I've been in, there, I mean, there are some people that are so in tune that, like, like seriously, like, in tune... Uh, you're experiencing a mutual thing or like a similar experience. They're not like making anything up, but at the same time, like your interactions with them, it's like, it's also like pretty obvious that there's something going on. Like they are most likely dealing with what we would consider like a very extreme, Hmm. like mental illness at the same time. Um, And that's not uncommon Hmm. that I'll come across too. Um, and that's like an interesting place to be because it causes like a lot of self-reflection as well. It's like, oh, like to like the general population, I also probably seem like there's something um, that I'm really working through or something or experiencing that uh, some people want to diagnose. But yeah, it's it's kind of like that pendulum swing of where, I mean, this is like what I went through where like, I was like, oh, like there's, you know, I probably have schizophrenia, whatever. And then I like swing way over to like, no, like whenever people experience any of this, it's not schizophrenia. It's not, um, all these other possible things that could, or psychosis or whatever. It's just the spiritual experience. But again, like, I'm just kind of back in that middle spot of like, doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. Like maybe they're both happening. Like, I don't, I don't know. So. Yeah, that's true. I guess one thing I, I think it's maybe important for people to remember is that Like whatever, you know, whatever people want to label, whatever kind of mental thing might be going on. I I feel like if it's not affecting you and you're not complaining about it, then it's not necessarily a problem unless you are at at risk to harm yourself or harm anyone else. It's kind of no Mm -hmm. one else's business. And that is a Mm -hmm. problem I see happening where someone will get labeled with something and they're like, well, you know, I, I don't care. Like my family complains about this or my friends you know something like that yeah so that's yeah that's a i'm glad that that came up Mm -hmm. oh i do want to mention too um because i mentioned that i've had like multiple kind of like cataclysmic awakening experiences i've also had like phases where i've fully gone out of having any interest in spirituality as well. And that's also like totally a touch of like the thing people experience. Cause I think sometimes people think that once they, they go through like uh, something that kind of opens them up to all these ideas that they'll always be 
fully uh, invested in it at the same degree that they are at that point. But for me, like I lived in England for a year um, back in, it was like July of not July, um, like September of 2018 to July of 2019. I lived in England and a good chunk of that, even though I'd already been exposed to a lot of these ideas and working all these portraits um, and had like spiritual experiences while I was there. Um, my everyday life did not reflect that. Like I was just so focused on the fact that I was living in a different country that, um, I fell into that experience. And so I was actually like really drinking when I was over there, which wasn't great for me. I don't do that anymore, but I fell very much into like an alcohol rabbit hole, um, and all that, um, while I'm still like, you know, got a tarot cards on my shelf and all that stuff. So like, there's no constant increase in experience, even though I didn't have weird stuff happen, but my focus like totally shifted while I was there. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I I do think people get, get that confused often because sometimes, yeah, sometimes it sounds like maybe you've got to a certain level or you got everything figured out and there's no... Mm -hmm. I don't want to say going backwards it doesn't make any sense because I feel like it's a circle. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. Or like a spiral. I think I've heard of like healing is a spiral. Yeah. So you go around and like kind of like end up back next to your wounds again, but not quite the same, but you kind of get away from it. And then you're back. You're like, oh crap, got to stop. I don't want to, I want to stop seeing this, but you have to keep facing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. The spiral. I like that spiral. I've, I've heard that yeah, somewhere too. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from but it's in my head. (laughs) Heard it somewhere. I've heard it too. So it's out there. It's definitely, I think it is for healing. I think it, I think maybe, I don't know. Healing or transformation or maybe both. Mm -hmm. So I guess like when you look back on these time periods, is there anything that you would like to go back and tell your younger self? Oh, um, you know, I actually think about this question a lot. Like I often think like, even if I could change anything, would I, um, I think like the, for me, like the easy answer is like, no, I wouldn't want to change anything. Cause it's led me to be who I am now, but there are definitely like things that I wish I knew more of. Cause this is one thing that's like come up a lot for me is I've been doing a lot of inner child work lately of just revisiting things like, well, like, what did I want to be when I was like truly little and like, didn't have any limits on reality yet? Like, what was I actually interested in then? And like, seriously kind of exploring that time. I mean, we hear a lot about, um, like problematic relationships or like red flags and things when it comes to like the romantic context. Mm -hmm. I really wish that I had learned when I was younger that those also apply to friendships Mm -hmm. or like in family too. Um, I've had, you know, maybe this has probably got something to do with some, some Chiron and some placement or whatever in my astrology. I I don't know, but, uh, one of my friends can tell me later I can ask, but, um, I've got something going on where like friendship is such a hard thing for me. Like I, I want to be super open with people and friendships and then often, um, end up in like kind of like abusive friendship situations and don't really notice until I'm um, on the tail end of like getting the F out of there. Uh, um, and I really wish I'd learned more about that when I was young, because as I did all that inner child work, that really has been 
a repeating spiral pattern all the way back to like fifth grade for me. Yeah, I've never thought about how that could apply to friendships, but I can see that too. I can see that looking back now, actually, in some of my friendships, how there were similar patterns at play, at least friendships that Mm -hmm. aren't still my friendships. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that if you would have had like an ongoing friend or somebody that you really trusted Throughout this whole experience, it would have made it different. I don't know. Um, I've had, you know, just to like emphasize, having said what I just said about wishing I'd known about like abusive friendships and things, I did have like consistently good friends throughout when I was younger too. So if anyone's listening to this and we like are still friends now, and we were friends when we were younger, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> um, but I, if I had like, are you talking about like long-term friends, like friends, like my whole life type of thing? Yeah, maybe. Or I'm just wondering if somehow having like this one other grounding point or something mm-hmm. could have helped you. I'm asking you really not actually just for you because obviously it's, you know, already occurred, but like if someone else is out there, um, yeah, like maybe what could help them? I would be really interested just to watch a tiny movie of my life of what would happen if I had had something that consistent because I I know a lot of my own growth has come from me being alone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a very, uh, I have like a life path nine, which I correlate with the hermit and the tarot, which is a very like inner worlds exploration card um, and path to follow. So I find that I end up being kind of a lone traveler and literally moving around a lot, also moving around from community to community. So I don't even know if it's, I mean, I have friends that I've known for a long time, but I'm just not super close to anymore. Like, I just don't know if I'm still living the same life, if having like a consistent other grounding point would even have been possible. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe not if so much of what's going on is so personal and like there's, it sounds like there's so much going on in your head at any given time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, um, my cat, hold on, I gotta let him out. Oh, that's okay. He was knocking on the door before I set up, and I was like, okay, I have to let him in, but now he has to leave. So, Sorry about that. Wherever I put him before, he would have wanted to change at some point during this. So, no worries. <laughs> I'm I miss kitties. <laughs> Need to get one. It's on my to do list. <laughs> so let's see. I think I'll just jump back in here with another question. Okay. Do you have any misconceptions that you'd like to clear up for the general public? about maybe some of the work that you do, like what it means to have a reading or anything like that? (laughs) Yeah. um, There's some things that are funny. Like like just a little one is interesting is sometimes I'll get... um, I think people think... Well, they... 
there's not a lot of information in general around a lot of spiritual things. And when you talk to someone, everyone's abilities and interests are so niche that it's hard to understand what people do. So sometimes um, people will misunderstand, like, like I, I don't consider myself um, even like a witch specifically anymore. Um, and it's not because I've lost like an interest in that or anything. It's more of, I, I just really have been exploring like the labels that we put on all sorts of different things and what the the words carry with themselves. So like, I'm, I'm at a point where like, I, I don't really know what to call myself ever anymore. And so that can oftentimes be confusing because for some reason, sometimes people think like, oh, like you do because you're spiritual, you, you, you have these beliefs, like you believe in, um, or you're really interested in like chakras right now or things like that, which like I do, I mean, I'm interested in, but it's not like a, a focal point for me or like, I'm not like a hypnotherapist or, um, all, all those different, all different modalities, which are all cool. I just, um, I'm just growing so much like internally within myself that I forget that not everyone can see that, um, that I'm going through things where I'm kind of removing myself from calling myself one specific thing or another. And, uh, I often just use terms as like communicative measures to like express some type of interest, uh, in and of itself. Um, I also just want people to like be more discerning, I guess. Like it's really easy to get trapped in, um, this idea like we get in a community of like-minded people that have some more spiritual ideas and that we're then like fully safe in that mm. space. Um, which I wish like, you know, but people are still people and people, you know, trauma and all that stuff. And so we all act um, not great to each other sometimes, whether or not we believe in reincarnation or not, like it's still <laughs> like a thing that happens. And um within the past like two years, I've had some of the best experiences of my life, but I've also had some of the most like devastating experiences. And none of that has changed because I've become more of a spiritual person. You still have to like, um, trust your own intuition to know the people around you and things like that. And, um, especially, um, like, Um, women or like femme presenting people in these worlds. It's just, there's still um, trust your intuition with who you're around. I can really say, I wish I had known that two years ago too. Yeah. I think that's important. I, I kind of, I know what you're saying. Just have usually in my experience, I come to the glimpse of being a part of something and then I'm like, nope, that's scary. I can't fully become part of it because then I might get confused. <laughs> you got to back out. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, yeah, I guess I'm intuitively scared of accidentally getting caught up in something. So that is, I think, an important thing for anyone to remember, whatever kind of mm -hmm. group or community even broader than that of people with a similar yeah. idea. Yeah. Discernment. And while we're on the topic of your readings, what's like the most unique thing that you think you do or bring to your sessions? <laughs> um, 
I know for me, they're just different for each individual person. So I, I offer, um, like two different readings. Well, okay. Technically three, the spirit portraits are just like a wait list that people sign up for currently. But, um, so that's a very unique thing, I guess, that we talked about. Um, but the more, I guess, like direct, like conversational readings would be my shadow singer sessions. Because those, like the actual time I'm on the phone with people is like an hour, but I sit for about a half an hour before and I'm just really let what I, my intuition, like pull me to what I feel like I need to do. Um, one thing that I found and why I call them that is, has a lot to do with like my own connection with like my voice specifically. So for me, like I have to kind of like sit and sing for a while before I tune into things. And that's like wow, how I meditate partially. And I use all sorts of different, like I use like bibliomancy with herb books, um, and cards, which, you know, a lot of people use, but for me, it's like, I weave all sorts of different things together. And then ultimately my goal is to have a conversation with someone and then point them in a direction of something that is helpful for them or that's of an interest, whether it's like another practice that they've never heard of books, um, classes, people to study with, or just articles that I find, I just, I like to have people end the session with me, um, like later that night, sending them basically a follow-up email of like possible next steps for them, because I don't want someone to feel like they constantly have to come back to me specifically for something. I want to help give people tools for their next step to help them expand on what they want to do. Um, that's, that's like my goal with that. And, um, you know, some readers, they, they don't do that and that's totally fine. I'm not like saying that's not, uh, that's something that people should be doing that, but that's just what I really resonate with doing is I want to help people, um, continue their search and this whole, like, uh, search for your own personal truth. I love that. Especially the idea. I mean, yeah, coming Leaving somebody with something tangible is great from mm-hmm. a reading. Yeah. Uh, that's what I've, I've had readings that I haven't enjoyed. It was always that, that I, I left and I felt incomplete and almost more mm-hmm. confused. And I was just like, what was that? <laughs> now I have to get like two more yeah, readings to become unconfused. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's great. Even you send a follow-up email. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, I, I sent a picture of like some cards too that are significant. So people have those to go back to also. Um, yeah, it's it's really, it's hard for me to like do readings too and then not just like personally connect with people as well. That's something I've had to like work on and be like, okay, wait a second. I can't, I can't be friends with everyone on this planet. That's exhausting. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool though. You can definitely tell there's a lot of, a whole lot of compassion behind what you do, which is a beautiful thing. Thank you. Do you have any tips for people out there listening who maybe want to get more in contact with other realms? Yeah. Um, well, it depends on what, what you're interested in, I would say. Um, if you're interested in realms in general, I would say a good place to start is literally with um, like what you consider like guides or allies or ancestors, because you already have a direct line there. If you already feel like you're connecting with something like that, even if you don't like, 
you do not have to like know what they look like, know their names, have a continuous conversation. Like you can connect with um, beings like that, like in, in different ways in your world, like through song divination. Like sometimes if I want a message from a guide or an ancestor or something specific or just in general, I'll just um, ask a question and then I'll shuffle a few times on my Spotify library. Um, and then to see what lyrics come up or like what associations I have with a specific song. So there's ways to do things like that. Another thing that I recommend is if you're someone who uses Oracle cards or tarot cards, you can have a literal conversation with someone with cards. So you can ask, you know, like Jasmine and I are talking right now. Um, I could, you know, let's say you're not here, uh, but I just have a deck of mm-hmm. cards and I'm like, I want to talk to you. Like if you're one of my guides, it'd be like, um, I like to ask you this and then I'll ask a question and then I'll pull some cards and then I will formulate my interpretation of those cards. Even if, you know, even if I'm sitting there reading the Oracle definitions out of the book, which is totally fine. Professional readers do that too. Like I will open an Oracle book as someone who does this as a job and still read people a chunk of text. Like there's no shame in doing that at all. Um, but you could do that with this conversational idea with this, uh, other realms or other being, um, in a way that would be like a sentence back to you. Mm. And then you can just have a conversation literally with cards in that way and practice like that. If you're interested specifically in fairy, uh, and I'm saying fairy, like capital F fairy as in like a place, not like a being, um, that's a whole other ballpark. Um, that's something that I have a lot of experience with and I'm really interested in and have lots of resources for. So people um, can always shoot me an email and I have like books and stuff like that that I can recommend. Um, but I, this is the biggest thing uh, that helps I find and connect with other realms because I work mostly, I guess, with like what some people would consider fairy, which is much more of an expansive term than uh, I think it's understood. It's just so, so much is there. Uh, really connecting with your land is another way to do it. Uh, because, you know, the trees are conscious. Like there's like an, there's a consciousness to like everything that exists, even that if it's not like a living mm. creature or a living thing with a heartbeat. Um, so just talk, talk to, talk out loud to things like they're there, have conversations, all of that. It's again, it's like part of that. There comes a point when you literally have to be like, even if you don't feel like what you're doing is real, to have to make a decision sometimes and be like, well, what if it is and how would I act? And then you just do have a conversation, just like something is real. Like, what if my fridge could hear me? What would I want to say to it? Or even like if you have a pet, like if my cat could literally understand the words that I'm saying right now, what would I want them to hear me say to them? Um, and I swear that that has like grown my connection with animals hmm. as just telling them like, I think you're so amazing and I'm so happy you're in my life and like walking away, you know, just like, uh, saying things like that. Um, you, there is like sometimes just a choice of like pretend, even if you're like, quote unquote, pretending, like, what if this was real? How would I act? What would I do? And that's been a lot of growth for me has come from thoughts like that. I'm definitely going to be talking to some more, for sure, some more plants. I already like talking to plants and also some more <laughs> objects this week. So thank you for that tip. Uh, yeah. And each episode, I invite the guests to leave the listeners with a weekly challenge. It can be absolutely mm-hmm. anything that you want to invite people to do this week. 
Oh, let me see. I like a lot of things pop into my head. Go for a walk without listening to any music. Just like go for, I don't know, go to a bike path or something with just the sound of like the birds and all of that around you or like the cars driving by or people screaming at each other, depending (laughs) on where you live Um, with just that. um, It's for a lot of people, I think, even for me, like I said, I like listening to things. Um, It's really hard to like do that um, and go for it. Like, I mean, you can do a short one, but like if you could challenge yourself and go for like a longer walk like that with literally just like the sounds and your own thoughts, um, I think that is a good challenge for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good one. And if anyone has some kind of experience that you'd like to send in and share, uh, you can find me anywhere on the internet or leave a note on this podcast because we're going to be doing a future episode uh, with feedback from all the different challenges that have been going on. Yeah. I'm I'm like really excited for that one. It's going to keep compiling. So if you're hearing this, Keep sending them in, guys. <laughs> Got to get to this episode. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me and sharing all of these stories and just like bringing your full self, being so authentic. And it's much appreciated. And it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you. And where can people find you on the internet? So the main place, if you go to my website, that's mothmana.com, like mothman, but with an A at the end, (laughs) mothmana. Uh, I have links there to pretty much everything I'm doing. There's a link to my podcast, which is called The Real Witches of the End Times. I also have a gallery of my digital art and portraits on my website there. There's information about readings um, of any availability I have with that. It's all there. Links to my Instagram, which is where I'm most active, which is at MothManatero. I'm on Twitter at ManaAlen. And if you would like to support my podcast and myself on Patreon, that's MothMana. Whoops. That's Patreon.com slash MothMana. Beautiful. And we'll get all these links in the show notes as well. So have an awesome week, everybody. Enjoy your walk. You could even do like a sound diary or something. Okay. I'm not going to affect your challenge, but (laughs) 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 that's enough. I'll I'll talk to you guys again next week for more archives for the aliens. That shall be the end of the recording. Cool.